Welcome to Message in a Bottle. This is Jeff, and in the studio with me today is Steve. Hi, Jeff. And David. Hi, Jeff. And we've got a revelation that came to us through a gentleman named Woolwin on July 17th, and I'm going to read to you his revelation. Revival is in this church. You've been praying. It is now. Only waiting for the members to go out and make it happen. Salt is in the church. Salt of the earth. It is not to be kept under the mattress, but to go out and revive the area. Be a connector. Connect the lost to Christ. It's what he wants us to be in the world. Pastor has more to say. However, he can't say any more until he sees you do what God requires, what God has given them to do. People are wondering why he keeps preaching the same sermons over and over. It's not that he doesn't have new material, he has, but God has parked him for a while until there is movement. Thereafter, the green light would be given to speak on what needs to be spoken upon. He has so much to speak upon, revelations upon revelations, but the bottleneck is the congregation's outflowing pipeline. It has stopped. The only way it can be opened is when members begin spewing out what they know to others outside the four walls. Why should I give you more revelations, more words, when you aren't obeying what I am giving you now? Question mark. Why ask for more when you cannot manage what you have? Question mark. Don't be complacent. There is expansion on the church, a build-out. Don't be satisfied with what you have. I can do more. The build-out occurs when you begin the revival. Begin going out and bringing the lost, not the saved. I want you to go out and bring them in. And daily, they will come in two by two, ten by ten, a hundred by a hundred. I will make it happen. A building is seen. A stretching of the current one. A spiritual and physical expansion is occurring. There is a proven formula within the church that needs to be duplicated. It can only be duplicated when you go out and bring all into the sanctuary. All must be in the house of nations. Well, I do want to go into uh, some areas of judging. First of all, this was not recorded that we can play it back. I want to say that some of the strongest prophecies that you're going to receive and hear need to be recorded because it's not just the words that are spoken. It's in the motive of the heart and how that is pronounced yeah, and how exactly. that is received. Yeah. And so when you're trying to judge a move of the Spirit, you actually need to hear the messenger and the voice that it's coming through. Uh, which makes this a challenge for me because I did not get to hear that, but Jeff and David did. Mm -hmm. But I do want to emphasize we need to record the prophetic word. And when somebody comes up to you and says, i got a prophecy for you, or I've got a dream that I've had of you, um, you need to take that iPhone of yours or your cell phone, and you need to put it on recording, and you need to stick it in their face and go, all right, go ahead, speak on behalf of God. Uh, there's two blessings from that. 
those that are just trying to tell you something to do and using the Lord's name in vain to go forward, that'll shut them up when you stick a microphone in their face. Okay, mm-hmm. I've seen, I've, I've chased off a lot of false prophesiers in my life because I'm willing to record it and go back and listen for the things of God. Mm-hmm. But number two, and the strength of this is, I'm lacking a capability of picking up the Spirit of God because I was, I'm not able to listen to a recording. However, mm-hmm. a lot of prophecies come to me to judge, which are just on paper. Yep. So this requires you praying in the Spirit. This requires you praying in the Spirit. And the reason I'm, I'm going to this length before we jump into this, revival to me is a damaging word because of a Baptist Protestant use of the word. Revival really meant we're going to have a week-long church, we're going to bring in an evangelist, and we're just going to have evangelistic messages, and we're going to win the lost. However, I didn't bring anybody to come in to get saved. And so after hearing this for about three days, I'm discouraged. And this is only half of what the word for what revival is. So first, I felt condemned reading this, and I mm. went back to, oh my, the past, and the painful places. It became that, a trigger. Right, right. Yeah. And so before I could even sit to judges, the first word out of the chute threw me back to a painful place. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I was like rolling my eyes going, Jeff, really? I've got to judge this? Mm-hmm. Um, but my testimony in this is it took me three days praying with the Lord, and he really said, you know, this isn't about you. Mm. This is about the church. Yep. You're part of the church, but this isn't about you. So when we go to judge, and elders, when you go to judge this word, you've got to watch and put up precautions and guardrails. If this throws you back into something of the past that's not right, you got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And if you can't deal with it, you got to move it to the side so that you can deal with this. Now, I've got a much more hopeful evaluation of this, mm-hmm. uh, but I do want to be up front. Yeah. There are times when this brings condemnation. Well, if this brings condemnation, you know that's not of the Lord. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you either got to deal with the condemnation mm-hmm. and then go back and look at this, mm-hmm. or you need to put this aside and, and, and say, and let the Holy Spirit bring you back to a prophecy. I know people that have parked prophecies. It's good at times to park them, but the Lord wants to deal with Mm -hmm. that condemnation that's there. So I want to jump in because this is an area that we haven't talked a lot about, but a big part of judging prophecy, right, is to sort of what you're suggesting, right, and that is taking a, a look at the the voice, the prophetic voice that's actually speaking it. Right. Um, and judging the first thing that you judge is in what spirit, right? How was, what was the spirit of it being mm-hmm. given? Um, not the words, right? Not the word from the Lord that you're judging. You're judging the prophet and in what spirit the prophet was in when he was prophesying. Or the right? speaker. The they don't speaker. necessarily have to be a prophet Correct. to prophesy. Correct. And... Now, I was there, David, you were there. Um, what, what do you think about the in what spirit question? Well, and I think that's important because along with uh, Steve, typically reading something like this would trigger my past experiences with the same type of scenarios. And uh, but, but 
when he first started, and, and the sad reality is this is kind of from from memory of of what was said, mm-hmm. uh, putting it down. <clears throat> uh, because he when he began actually speaking that night, he started talking about the walls coming down and the expansion and all that, which is very much a confirmation for us and yep. what we're about. Um, but when he started talking about the, the going out, and I, I, my my experience in that was that people are taking the word and putting it under their mattress or in their notebooks, but not allowing it to reflect Jesus out of their lives to wherever they are in community. And that's how I, that night, that's how I reflected on it. Mm-hmm. Even reading this and having reflected on that, I realized that a lot of times when we get triggered by the idea that, oh, well, you're, if you're not bringing people in, there's something wrong with you, blah, 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 all that stupid stuff that's been spoken in, yep. in a condemnatory way by, quote, evangelists who have a real passion, you know, in that area. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the thing about it is you, there are some people that have a passion to nurture, yeah. you know, and they, they don't have this sense of going out. Well, those nurtures are the ones that when the fish come in, they clean them and love on them and take care and do whatever, you know, when they bring in those people. And mm-hmm. and we need both. We need nurtures mm-hmm. and gatherers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the big thing for me, and I thought about this years ago, was uh, David, friend of Christians, mm-hmm. Jesus, friend of sinners. And I thought to myself, what am I doing? My whole life revolves around church people and people who believe already, mm-hmm. not around the lost. Now, I meet a mm-hmm. lost person once in a while, whatever. So it was then that God gave me a venue to go and sit mm-hmm. of where lost people would gather and, and talk. Some some are not. Some are. Mm-hmm. And... uh you know, they, they knew who I was. I didn't hide anything. But I got along great and began to love these people and, and, and stuff and and saw fruit. But it was so encouraging for me, too, because I began to realize if if if, if all of this stuff I'm earn, learning and understanding, there has to be a place where that light shines. Jesus says, don't light your lamp and hide it under a bushel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key here is where are you letting that light shine? Yeah. And and also if we're, we're a church that, that learns to listen, listen to God. What is God saying to us? Not only prophets and all that, but what is God saying? And I think it's important when we, we, we look at something like this to say, okay, I want to be able to be open wherever it is I am, wherever I go for you to speak to me. Mm. about whatever it may be, whether I'm in a Starbucks or whether I'm in a restaurant, some encouraging word, something that lets your light shine, not forcing it, but something that you really know is from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're looking at here. I, I agree. I agree. I, during this, I'll share this. Um, I felt like he was giving the words in the right spirit. I did not feel like he was scolding or criticizing. And the interesting part is um, he is not, as far as I know, this was the first time I've ever seen him. 
So he knew very, I mean, what he was getting from God, He, I don't think that there was any preconceived notions on his behalf. Of um, the church. Yeah, of the church, of the people, of what was going on. He was just, uh, I found him to be courageous enough to share what he was getting. Um, he started off with a testimony of him, of his own doing where he had heard something he had a bad he had this experience and it's his testimony i'm i'm not going to give it here but it was it was a testimony of i felt like he was sharing a very real potentially even vulnerable testimony right he was not he he was very much being himself that's if i were to if i to to step back and discern what spirit he was in i i I felt like he was in a spirit where he was sharing some of his own challenges and what God was doing with those challenges for him as well as the people around him. That's what I kind of took away. So I noticed that. And I'll also say just the atmosphere, um, which is another thing that I'm kind of looking at when I'm testing spirits and thinking about what's happening in the atmosphere, there was there was a positive shift that took place. Um, I didn't see uh, any people acting like they just got stung by hornets, right? Mm. I, I saw people listening to this and... And kind of nodding their heads, going, "Yeah, right." So I saw smiling. I, yeah, I saw yeah. confirmation that people were like, "Wow, yeah." Mm-hmm. Which to me, it it speaks to a conviction, right? There was a, a spirit mm-hmm. that was. It wasn't. Never once did I feel an ounce of condemnation in what he was saying, no. and it was the the shift that took place in in the atmosphere was a very positive shift. Right, it kind of, for me, it it opened up the worship more. Um, so, w- which was good. The, the all that stuff was good. Okay. Uh, judging this, we're going to find some things in this one, and this is more likely a typical prophecy I've said earlier that comes to me. I didn't get the chance to hear it. Didn't get to hear it delivered, uh, but it's been transcribed and it's been written out. Uh, I want to put on my elder's hat here, and what I mean by elder is one who can rightly divide the truth, one who knows the truth. Is this of the Lord? Is this of Scripture? Is this the nature of God? Uh, Hopefully you have an elder in your life that doesn't have to be the senior pastor, Uh, and I'm also clarifying on this recording that I'm not on the elder board of Fellowship of Christ. I am operating as one who can rightly divide the truth. Mm -hmm. So I told you up front, the word revival— was a kicker in the teeth. Mm-hmm. So I actually went to uh, Noah Webster's dictionary, printed in 1828, on the word revival, because the Lord really had for me, and I'm trying to wear the judging hat respectfully. Mm-hmm. I will go on record to say, you don't want to go to other prophesying people to judge your prophecies, or you're going to get a second prophecy on top of the first <laughs> prophecy, and you're not going to get a good judging mm-hmm. of, is the first one real? You're going to get a second one, and now you have two to judge instead. Yeah. And if you go to 
two other prophetic people, you could have three or four more prophecies. (laughs) So uh, I'm trying to walk cautiously as one rightly dividing the truth, and this is what elders do. They look up the Word, they they find it in Scripture, and they look for the motive. Uh, So what Noah Webster wrote in 1828 was revival, a noun, comes from the word revive, means to return, recall, or recovery to life from death or apparent death. And then he gives uh, applications of that. I'm not going to go into all that. But a return, a recall, and a recovery. So return, recall, and recovery is in the church. I can amen that. Mm. Yeah. Right? doesn't have anything to do with an evangelistic event. I can, I, the reviving is taking place. Mm-hmm. And so I, I deem that part true. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you've been praying. I'm not sure if most folks know, but actually there's an intercessory group that has just been started pretty much toward the end of this spring, and now there's a team of people coming together on a weekly basis. So I can say, yes, that is true, not just individually praying, pastors praying, uh, elders praying, but now we have an intercessory group. So I can quickly say yes and amen, and it is now. This, these three sentences, they're good. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, only waiting for the members to go out and make it happen. So now this is a reference to the second half of word revival, and I've already declared, you know, what that is. Most people think that it's having an evangelistic week or an event at your church, mm-hmm. and there's been several revivals that have gone on for days, weeks, months, and even some. I won't say the place, but out of Florida, went for years. Uh, but its focus is on winning the lost, mm-hmm. and with that. Yes, it's going to require going out to mm-hmm. win the lost. So I'm, I'm good on, with this first paragraph. Yeah, I want to jump in there and say for me and my wife, that was sort of a confirmation for something that we've been feeling, praying into, and talking about doing. Right. I also believe that this is a word, uh, it, may be a, uh, it may not be in this season, but it's coming. And that is... God's restoring the house, and God's going to heal you. Well, where's healing going to move after he heals you? Healing is meant to move. It's meant to transfer. Love is meant to transfer. Joy is meant to transfer. Peace is meant to transfer. So when we get into a house of healing and somebody gets healed, that person should be ready to transfer that. So you need other recipients, Mm -hmm. or you got to go out, and you want to transfer this healing. You're not going to lose it you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to multiply in partnering with this. Mm -hmm. So I see this as a precursor of maybe weeks or months. I I hope it doesn't take another year, but we got to get our focus off of internal. And we also, like David says, we have to have an external view. This This is the call of God that's on our life. Amen. Okay. He then starts talking about salt. Salt being in the church, salt of the earth, right? and I, I had not ever thought about it as that's who we are and what we are, but um, that affirms for me when I'm judging this and thinking about this, I feel an affirmation in the spirit saying, yeah, that you are, you are, right? We, we are to be... The flavor, the preservative, the the healing, right? That is that lines up with again what I feel like the vision, the purpose, and even the calling of this body of believers is. So 
I that bore witness to me. Um, I, I do want to jump in here because it's interesting. He when he was prophesying this live, um, he was kind of talking about taking and and putting what we receive here and kind of putting it under your mattress. Um, it was it was interesting to see the response to everybody there was there was quite a few once again there was quite a few people that were going yeah yeah um and if there was a little bit of conviction i think it that's that was that response from from everybody like yep yep oh right that we need to stop doing that we need to stop to what david said earlier putting our light under a bushel I remember there used to be a song we used to sing when we were little kids. Mm, yeah, this little, this little light, light of mine. Yeah, I won't go into that. You don't want me to sing that, Steve? No, um, no. let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you're looking at this document, you can bracket in the second paragraph: "Salt in the church, salt of the earth." This is a word of truth, and we're emphasized to share the gospel. And what came up in me was the scripture, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, which some of us deem as the Great Commission, but it says, go and make disciples. Go out into the world and make disciples. Mm -hmm. So quickly, I could relate this paragraph to something that's in scripture, and I would say, I'm going to stick with that yep. And, yep. and go forward. Um, yeah, it lines but, up with God's Word. It lines that's up one with of the God's ways Word, we can judge. And it lines yep. up with God's Spirit about going forth yep. also. Um this third paragraph gets interesting, and I'm going to read this section. Pastor has more to say, however. He cannot say anymore until he sees uh, you do what God requires, what God has given them to do. People are wondering why he keeps preaching the same sermons over and over. It is not that he doesn't have new material, but he has. But God has parked him, the pastor, for a while until there is movement. Now, first thing I want you to begin to look at these lines is, this is so-called a word of knowledge. Uh, we haven't gone into words of knowledge, mm -hmm. but they're really the second thing. We told you word of encouragement. You don't really have to judge. It's, if it's mm -hmm. encouraging, it's good. The second thing is word of knowledge is the easiest thing to judge. It's either yes or it's no. It's mm -hmm. either in or out, true or false. So, since we have the pastor with us today, these words of knowledge should be judged by the pastor. So the pastor has more to say, however. He can't say anymore until he sees you do what God requires. Is that true or false? Or yes or no? You know, I hadn't thought about it till he said that. And then I started realizing, huh, well, there's a theme of course, in, in all my words, there is a theme that's continuous. It doesn't mean things don't aren't different, but there is a theme that, that seems to be threaded through it all that hasn't changed in quite a while. Mm -hmm. So The second yeah. part, then, you're <clears throat> preaching the same sermon over, but is the Lord holding you back because what God has given us as members, we're not doing it. Is there messages that God's holding back or telling you not to preach? Well, I think it's interesting. It's like the young pastor who came to a church and he started preaching, and every Sunday he preached the exact same message, you know. 
And finally, after about six weeks, they went to him and says, Pastor, you've preached the same message for six weeks. When are you going to change? He says, as soon as I see you doing the first message, and I'll go to the next one, you know? Mm. And it's not been something that I've consciously thought about or anything else until he mentions that, mentioned that, that, that I, it's just what God's doing. Because my heart, to me, getting up in the pulpit each Sunday is such a huge responsibility. Yeah. It really is, and now that we're going out all over the world with internet with, and yeah. internet and everything, so <clears throat> you know it would be it'd be fine with me. Just let somebody else do it, and they can get in trouble with God, and I don't have to worry about it or whatever. So when I go in there, I always am, am really wanting to know that God, I'm hearing your thoughts, and I'm speaking your words, and then I'm anointed by you, and that's that's just my heart's cry every Sunday. So that's how I'm thinking. That's my thought process. And if that's the if that's what's coming, I don't know that I'm withholding. There are times I want to go, oh man, I'd love to do that. And I just I get a I get a no. You know, not yet, not not timing for that. Mm-hmm. There are some things I'd love that I feel like this would be powerful. Let's just break this stuff out there, you know. And and he he says not yet, so that's very possible, yeah, very possible. But I just haven't thought through it like that. Well, we don't get a yes and we don't get a no. <laughs> we get a I don't know. Um, as a judge for myself, I don't keep hearing the same sermons over and over again. I do agree with you. There's a theme, or if you're going through a book and you're teaching on a specific book of Hebrews, there's going to be a theme within that book. But do I hear the same sermons over and over and over again? My answer is no. Uh, I don't hear that. I think David said yes to the question. He just didn't come right out and say yes. And here's, here's what I'm seeing I'm seeing for more than a while, there has been a continual message of grace. There has also been a continual message of learning who God is, the authority that we walk in, and getting us to, to, to go into that holy of holy place. I bet I could find those things that I just said, grace, righteousness, and going into his presence in almost every one of David's sermons for quite some time. If in a sense, you know, if I really look at this and think about God's restrictions, I, I think that they probably have been there to a degree in the sense that there is other things I'd love to, you know, to really jump in on. And so, yeah, that that is a sense of, I don't, I didn't realize that, this could be it, but in what you're saying, just in in probably the last year or two, to see the effects of grace, which yeah, that's something I've preached you know for a long time, and then to see that the effects of that are are the opposite. It's discouraging, and to see how some believers treat one another or act towards one another, it can be discouraging. I have to admit that. Um, but then again, I have to throw it back in God's lap, 
you know, is to, and, and I think you have a good word like this that comes along. Hopefully it awakens some. Others will just move on like they've been doing and, and it won't matter. But, you know, if we could, if you can awaken a handful of people out of it, that's awesome. If you can awaken the whole church, that's even better. Yeah. So this has been judged as a yes. So I want to jump into, and it's not a next paragraph, but it says thereafter, the green light would be given to the pastor to speak on what needs to be spoken upon. He has so much to speak upon, revelations upon revelations, but the bottleneck is the congregation's outflowing pipeline. It is stopped. The only way it can be opened is when members begin spewing out what they know to others outside the four walls. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember that from the original prophecy. Neither do I. Let's scratch through it then. I feel confirmation, and I'm sure that there's some others that are listening that do feel a confirmation to go beyond the four walls. That doesn't mean we all have to feel that, right? But there's going to be certain people that are they're going to feel a confirmation in Absolutely. that. I'm one of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the now, confirmation, but... I don't believe that that is stopping the way that it's written here. Right. Right. I don't think that that has stopped something. I think it's I think this is God, the voice of God wooing those who are who are feeling that that mhm in their spirit that yep this let's this is something that he wants to do with us. And I do think right? That whenever people start working and operating in their callings, yeah, there there is going to be an increase. And that goes back to the your definition that you read from, what, the 1800s, yeah. yeah, right, of revival. So to me, those things are good. I just don't remember, I don't recall this type of language. This seems to have an old covenant nature, that you must obey and follow through on this, and then I will bless you with that. Um, that has been fulfilled, the old covenant, by Jesus, and we're called into a relationship that we respond to the Holy Spirit. And yes, we need to begin to think about the lost. Yes, we need to pray about that, and we need to understand how to be an influence in that. I agree with you, Jeff. Mm -hmm. But the condemnation that I'm reading from these, that God is holding back his revelations because I'm not obedient, to me, doesn't line up with Scripture. So I say it's a no, even though I wasn't there, and you guys say you hadn't heard it. So how far down does that go um, that you would say, let's scratch through this? I think just that paragraph. So what I'm doing is I'm taking my pen, and I'm scratching through these words. Because when we find out something that is not agreeable, you want to cut it out. Mm-hmm. And you want to rewrite your prophecy with this stuff cut out, so that's why I'm mm -hmm. drawing a line. And um, you also, let me just clarify here, you also said don't be complacent. Did he say that or not say that, or you don't remember? Or My remembrance when he, he was talking about this and that, that, uh, that there are other revelations and stuff that, basically that God hasn't opened up for me to share yet is when all of these others that people are taking, what he said was people are taking the words, they're taking them home, putting them under their mattress. In other words, they're just, mm -hmm. they're just 
They're not doing anything with not them. Not doing anything with them. They're just filing them. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the nature of it. Uh, I don't remember any of this stuff about members begin spewing out, whatever. I do remember the salt, when he talked about salt and about it being, you know, salty meant that, that we, in essence, the, that the people would take that salt outside uh, and let it be salty. You yep. know, wherever they are and whatever they're doing. And that's yep. the way I received it. I didn't yep. receive any of this con- kind of condemnatory language that we're reading now. And it's why it's sad we don't have the original recording. Yeah. Because the original recording, I was sitting there going, yes, 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 this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. In the way it's written right now, not so much, you know. So I agree. So cut the whole third paragraph out. Well, I'm not going to cut it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to strike through it. I'm going to make it red and strike through it so that they can see the original language that we're judging and striking. Correct. Yeah. 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 But if you're going forward and saying, okay, I find this revelation is now a true prophecy, Mm -hmm. I actually got the whole thing that's not true. And we can put it all together, and you'll hear how it reads differently mm-hmm. when you put it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think it's a good practice. Um, but, yeah, you can keep the original. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an expansion going on in the church, a build-out. Don't be satisfied with what you have. I can do more. The build-out occurs when you begin the revival, begin going out and bringing the lost, not the saved. I want you to go out and bring them in and daily, and they will come in two by two, ten by ten, hundred by hundred. I will make it happen. I, a building is seen, a stretching of the current one, a spiritual and physical expansion is occurring. So here I want to uh, first touch on the word revival has now changed its focus to being going out to the lost or be evangelistic. Look at winning the lost and bringing them in, and not only just bringing them in, uh, you don't have to bring them in saved. You can bring them in in the condition that they are. Um, but I know you guys want to share because uh, this man picked up in the spirit about the expansion that's going on in the church, mm-hmm. and it's about the physical building, and then we'll talk about the spiritual also. And and everything is kind of backwards here. This is how he began, actually. He yeah. began with the he sees these walls coming down and he sees this expansion and he sees all this happening to us. Um, <clears throat> this whole thing about two by two and 10 by 10 and hundred by hundred. I remember him saying something in that capacity, um, you know, that people would go out to be salt and, and all that stuff and light. And that that's, this would be the result. Um, I didn't, I never took it as the kind of word that you hear, um, you know, the guy says, well, you need to be going out and you need to be doing such and such. And, you know, it wasn't there. It was not there. It, the spirit was not no, that. No, 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 yeah. it, it was good. And I think, it, I think it's a kind of a word that would, would, would confirm someone like Jeff and Liz who are, are saying, yes, we want to go out and do this. So, it, yeah, this, this is what we've been feeling. You know, well, let's also expand that. There are others in our congregation that have that. Oh yeah, and yeah, I yeah. Will, I will make a recommendation. You need to be calling Jeff uh, to join them, uh, <laughs> and he laughs at me. But promoting um, that movement of the Spirit, which we just did with an earlier prophetic word, uh, this is the 
we we use a spiritual term unction uh it's really a gut feeling mm-hmm. that, that that won't go away mm-hmm. and my mentor said if it won't go away by praying and it gets more intense you need to prophesy <laughs> you need to prophesy yeah. and then you need to move but it needs to lift and mm-hmm. several of you out there in our listening group uh you have that going on you have that uh, God is telling me to you know, pay attention to the lost and get out there, but you don't know how to flow in that. I'm just promoting Jeff. Uh, be the contact. Email him, and uh, it's down there at the bottom of the uh, internet page. The last section here that says we've got a proven formula within this church that needs to be duplicated. It can only be duplicated when you go out and bring it all into the sanctuary all must be in a house of nations. That was, that I didn't pick up on in the original. Um, Did you pick up on it, David? No, I I think that's something that he, when he was thinking back, trying to write this up, that he just put that, he added that in there. Right. Because I don't, to me, it doesn't make total sense. A proven formula, it's, it's not scriptural, first of all. Uh, And it's the way of the world for success. Is success having a 1,000 people at FOC? No, that's not what FOC's mission statement is. Uh, It's not their heart. Uh, And and, and I agree with, uh, yes, we can duplicate disciples, right? We can duplicate and have followers be matured in the faith, but... Having everybody in the sanctuary so that we're blessed, that don't line up with Scripture, okay? So even these guys not even recognizing it, I'd scratch through it because a formula is a lot like witchcraft. Step one, step two, mm-hmm. step three will give you step four. If that was the case, then you wouldn't need faith, and you wouldn't need to walk with God. Uh, so I agree. Just drop this. So again, I pick up my pen, and I scratch through these two lines. So to me, what this was is a discernment on the prophesier, discerning the the spirit of of our church, the purposes of our church, the way our church is, because in, in some ways there is an equipping that takes place here. Yeah. You could easily misuse that word as duplicating, right? Um, I also think that all must be in a house of nations. I, I think that if you take away the 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 worldly English and all of that, there is the the spirit of this place is welcoming, right? And is not necessarily a spirit that looks at the surface of things, but at the heart of things and the heart of people, right? So I, to me, these oh, are discernments. Call, I'm going to call you out. Okay. This is the danger of a prophesier looking at a prophecy. <laughs> you are spiritually interpreting it back toward the Lord uh-huh. instead of looking at these words and saying, are they good? And they are of the Lord. So because you reworked it, already logically tells me this isn't good. Yep. Okay, it needs to be reworked. Yep. Now, do you, did everybody hear that slippery slope? Okay. And those of us that walk with the Lord, we want things to be good. So yeah. we desire, you know, to see certain things, you know, mm-hmm. a specific way. Um, I agree with your spiritual interpretation. I like that. Uh, however, I still 
this does not line up with no, the Spirit. I don't think we would call this a word from the Lord. Correct. Right, I'm in agreement there. Okay. Let's... Now, it's just, it, there's a lot of mixture here is what we're dealing yeah. with. Yeah. And the sad reality about the mixture is a lot of it got put in because we didn't have the original recording. Yep. If we had that original recording, that was robust and good. And then yep. this is just stuff, remember, and then adding in stuff, you know, you just, it doesn't work. Yeah. And I just want to put one last disclaimer out. Um, I don't know whether he said this while he was speaking or not, but I did not sense that this person considered themselves an expert prophesier or no. a prophet, right? No. This was somebody that was sharing what they were getting from God. Huh. Right. Um, so, And we were picking up a spiritual yeah. revelation that we wanted to record it to judge yep. it as prophecy. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, yep. that's good steps. I think there's God in here. Correct. And I think we all came to that oh, agreement. Oh, sure. Let's say that you swing the uh, and go completely the opposite uh, direction, and you go, okay, I picked up condemnation. I don't like this. Oh, go ahead and ball it up and throw it in the trash. Now, I'm not saying for you to do this because we've we spent the time to work on this, but let's just yep. say you're in that corner. Uh, I have found that God loves you so much that when you reject the word of the Lord, God is going to bring you back around to the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. He's just going to use a different file of grace, yep. and I said file of grace, and he's going to probably use a different measure uh, of a person uh, of what's there. Uh, so if you picked up that this person was a type A type of person and you don't relate to them, um, God will probably bring the message back around and it's not going to be a type A type type mm -hmm. of person. And I'm not calling out this person like that. I'm just yep. using an example. Yep. And I want to give you that freedom that you don't have to hang on to these things. If, if you're picking up condemnation or judgment, mm -hmm. I would say let them go, because all it's going to do is feed on that condemnation and judgment. And that's and, not and, and God. You got, and that's not of God. Exactly. And the pieces that are of God, God's going to bring back, back around to you. Yep. At, at the same time, if you have a sting in your heart, you have a sense of of not heaviness. Heaviness is condemnation where you feel weighted down like, oh, guilty, oh, my. But if there's a certain sting that goes into your heart like, you know, I really, really realize, I mean, it was a confirmation to yourself that you have been wanting to, you know, maybe go out, maybe do something in some capacity, mm -hmm. then let that be the conviction from yeah. God, yeah. of course. Um, but always remember that the conviction is a sweet sting from God. It's, it's just a sweet way of, of trying to redirect or direct us in some direction. Condemnation, it comes as a heavy weight, makes you feel horrible and so forth. That is not what we're looking at. Yeah. Exactly. So... I would just like to bless those that are listening yeah. out there. Yeah. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I just pray a blessing, a beautiful, glorious blessing of shalom on all of those listening today. And I pray for a revelation and a heart that flows out, that hears what you're saying, Lord, that brings a release and a joy and not condemnation, Father, in any, any way. I bless them with a sense of freedom yes. at hearing your word, at responding to your word. I, I bless them with a, a sense of joy 
that they would hear you and nothing else. And that in every way, that whatever you have been speaking to them already would only just bring confirmation. And I bless those, Lord, that would hear this and say, that's just, that's, I don't witness to this in any way, who would be able to say, I'll put it on a shelf. It's done. I bless them with that ability. And I, I bless those, Lord, with, with just a, a real sense of the heart, of the love of the Father to be poured out upon them and for the lost and for their families. Amen. <laughs>